You're listening to Spiritual Caffeine, a daily Bible exposition with gospel recording artists, business owners, and Bible teachers, Sean and Troy Isaacs. Join us Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we get our spiritual boots to get us going from the Word of God. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone. What are you living on? For more info, visit glorifyhimnow.com. Welcome to this morning's broadcast. Well, welcome again this morning to uh, Spiritual Caffeine. Uh, Spiritual Caffeine, for those of you that are new to the concept, is a uh, what I call a daily devotional. It's a opportunity where you can connect for a few minutes through phone or by way of listening to the audio. You have an opportunity to hear a few verses of the Bible expanded or expounded that uh, would be like caffeine to your soul. You know, caffeine is supposed to uh, give people a boost in energy. And um, what we are seeking to do, we being doubleedgemusic.com, which is the website for gospel recording artist Double Edge, my twin brother and I, what we're seeking to do is provide you information or scripture, life from the Word of God that's going to strengthen your inner man. Paul prayed for the Ephesian church in chapter 3 of Ephesians that they would be strengthened in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith, that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, what a, what a language. Just to meditate on that or think about that, that Christ can dwell in our hearts in such a way that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Uh, if you're not filled with the fullness of God, you're living below who and what God has called you to be. So those of you that are joining us today, yesterday we began looking at the first two verses in Psalm 63, uh, where David says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee, my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. If you missed yesterday's um, devotional, I would encourage you to go to doubleedgemusic.com so you can listen back to that. I think it will be a blessing and encouragement to your heart. But today we're going to look at verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Is God's loving kindness something that you understand? Do you have an understanding at the heart level of what loving kindness is? You know, to appreciate the loving kindness of God, one of the things you need to do is you need to understand the character of God. You need to understand at least some of the attributes of God. Some of those character traits or attributes would be that God is holy. There's none like him. Holy doesn't mean that God doesn't wear earrings or tattoos. Holy doesn't mean that God doesn't listen to secular music. Holy means it's beyond that. It's God is unlike anything or anyone. He is separate, separate and undefiled. So, yes, there is a separation from sin and the world. But beyond all of that, there is nothing or no one that you can compare God to. So, John, in 1 John, would describe what creates 
the sense of God's holiness as light. He says God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Now, we live in a culture that has a lot of emphasis on a few attributes of God. One of them, namely, would be the word love. God is love. Uh, most of our culture, even those that don't believe in God, uh, have heard the term that God is love and, and probably know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But very few people who understand the love of God have a, a, a good understanding of the light of God. Before John introduces God as love, he introduces him in chapter 1 as God is light. God is love is chapter 4 of 1 John. God is light is, God, is chapter 1 of 1 John. God is light. God is holy. Hebrews tell us, tells us God is a consuming fire. God doesn't, uh, God doesn't send fire. He can. He has throughout Scripture. More than that, he is a consuming fire. It is the essence of his nature. Jesus is described in Revelation 1, and his eyes are as flaming fire. They see through me and you. And uh, it's intimidating uh, to stand in the presence of the Lamb of God who is now glorified. And so when you think of the light of God, the holiness of God, when you think of the, uh, the justice of God, then these things produce the wrath of God. And those are all attributes or character traits of God. Because God is just, God must show anger and wrath. Wrath is anger on steroids. God must show wrath against sin, against evil. And so when you understand this, then you have an appreciation for God's loving kindness. Because you and I deserve nothing from God besides God's wrath, God's judgment. John 3.36 says, Those that don't believe, the wrath of God abides on their head presently now. So right now, if you're a non-Christian, a non-believer, a non-disciple of Christ, a non-follower of Christ, you are not putting your faith and trust in Him and Him alone and following Him and looking to Him for, for your salvation to save you from the wrath of God, then the wrath of God is still abiding on your head and only Christ, through trust and faith and repentance in him, can take that away. So when you tie all that together, the psalmist says, because thy loving kindness is better than life. It's like Jeremiah saying, it is because of your mercy that we are not consumed. See, God is a consuming fire. God has a wrath against sin. God has a hatred for evil. In him there is no darkness. So his nature says, he must judge sin. Not he's, His nature doesn't require long-suffering. If, if God was not loving, he would not be long-suffering. He would just execute justice, with which his character and his holiness demands. So when you think of what we deserve from God, which is nothing, because of our sin, then you understand why David doesn't need much from God to praise God. David doesn't need a new car. David doesn't need obedient children. He doesn't need a loving spouse. David doesn't need a, a, a prosperous business to praise God. David says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. You need to spend time, if you have it, reflecting and thinking on the loving kindness of God. 
Not just the love of God. That's great. Not just the kindness of God. That's great. But thy loving kindness. It is combining those two attributes. God is love. But not only is he loving, which is long-suffering, not easily provoked, right? Love is long-suffering. It's kind. God has a kindness to him that uh, allows him to be tender-hearted towards us, to be patient with us, to show compassion towards us. Have you met someone maybe that's loving but maybe not kind? Maybe they didn't give you what you deserved in the sense that they were good to you, but maybe they weren't kind in how they dispensed it? God's loving kindness is better than life, the psalmist says. My lips shall praise thee. Verse 4 says, Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will bless you while I live. Do you know that just having life is a reason to, to praise and to bless the Lord? It's a reason to exalt the Lord, to glorify Him. Today, as you are maybe driving to work, maybe you're dro- dropping the kids to school, whatever it is you're doing this morning, maybe you're getting prepared for work, you have a reason to bless the Lord because you have life. You should be exalting and praising His name because I will bless thee while I live, the psalmist says. The dead can't praise you, according to Ecclesiastes. Other parts of the Bible, the dead don't give God praise. It is the living that give God praise. I'm glad that he is the God of the, the living. He is, uh, as, as we're told in the Gospels, he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. But here the psalmist says, I will bless thee while I live. He says, I will lift up my hands in thy name. When was the last time you lift up your hands in the name of the Lord? You know, there's some churches that don't lift up their hands. Uh, They don't raise their hands to God. You know, lifting up your hands represents many things. One, it represents surrender. You know, if you went before a king and you raised your hand, you're acknowledging an authority above you and, and before you. And you are raising your hands in surrender. If you were in a war and you want to say to the enemy that you know can't conquer you, I, I surrender. I raise my hands. There's no weapons. Here I am. You know, um, and so that's that's one way to think of it. But another way, another way to think of it, surrender. You know, lifting up your hands. You lift up your hands in praise to God. I love you, Lord. You, I worship you, Lord. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. You know, this is what we're commanded to do in the Lord's Prayer. The first part of the Lord, what we call the Lord's Prayer, it's really the disciples' prayer, right? But, you know, the Lord's Prayer is really, Christ's Prayer is John 17. But we call it the Lord's Prayer, and we mean because the Lord gave it to us. The Bible tells us that we should pray. When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you hallow the name of God, you begin by praising him. I love you, Lord. You're setting his name apart. You're saying there is none like you, O God. You are the creator of the heaven and the earth. You are the author of my salvation, Lord Jesus. Do you begin your prayers that way? Or do you begin your prayers by just asking for stuff? Do you begin your prayers in a state of discouragement and depression where the world, woe is me, and, oh, God, help me, the world is coming to an end? Or do you uh, stir up yourself to begin with thanksgiving? To begin with hallowing the name of God. I can challenge you and encourage you this morning. 
It doesn't matter what state you're in. You could have had the great, the worst thing in the world ever just happened to you. If you begin with praising and blessing the Lord, as Job said, though he slay me, thus, but yet will I still bless him. I will praise him. Job fell down, Scripture says, when he lost everything, and he worshipped God. There was no choir. There were no instruments, no drums. There was nobody there saying, come on, give God some praise. That was inside of Job, and it flowed outside of him. So the psalmist says, verse 3 and 4, and I think I'll end with these. He says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. I would love to go into the other verses here, but we committed to not keeping you long on these uh, devotional times. And so I pray that you find something there encouraging, encouraging to your heart that because God's loving kindness is better than life, my prayer today is that you will be able to say, I will bless you. My lips will praise you. I don't need anything else from you, God. I just need to experience your loving kindness towards me. All right, that's our devotional for today. I want to thank you all for joining. Um, any comments or questions related to uh, what was said this morning? Sean, this is uh, Leo here. Uh, great hey, message Leo. this morning. Hi, sir. Great message this morning. Um, just reflecting when you said, you know, my love is, is I'm just looking at the scriptures about Jesus, God's love. And, you know, no matter what we go on, what goes on in our life, uh, the night before we wake up and wake up and just give rejoice and I always say, you know, some folks don't get another chance to be able to share that day and God just loves us so much and just unconditional. So no matter what you're going through life, you just reflect on God. And as you talk about, there's a song I once heard, I surrender. You know, you raise your hand and say, I surrender. You give your all to God, all to God. And he forgives you for everything that you do. So you just surrender. So, so that was powerful. Definitely lighting for me today to begin my day and say, hey, God is awesome, doing some incredible things in each and every one of us. Thank you for the word. Amen, brother. You know, um, and, and you're, again, this is something that we can take for granted because we hear about the love of God and the goodness of God and the mercy of God a lot in our culture. Um, but one of the writers uh, in history in the 1800 says uh, about this phrase, because thy loving kindness is better than life, he says, thy favor, thy mercy, this is of more value than life, more to be desired than life. Life is the most valued and valuable thing pertaining to this world, which we can possess. Jesus says it this way. Jesus says, what will a man give in exchange for his life, for his soul? That is the most valuable thing that any of us can possess. Yet the psalmist says, your loving kindness is better than life. It is better than the value of my soul in one sense. You know, and again, it doesn't make sense, but you read Romans 9, and the Apostle Paul, Romans 9, Romans 10. Uh, you get to, I think, Romans 10. And Paul says he could wish himself to be accursed if that would be used in some way to merit the salvation of his people. He values his own soul. But he values his love. The love that he has for his own people is greater. And so because of the burden that Paul carried for his own people, his own nation, the children of Israel, 
he said, I, 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 have in my, I have in my heart a continual sorrow of my own people that uh, he wished that they could be saved and that they would, would not seek a righteousness that is apart from Christ. And um, so the soul is valuable. But above the soul and the life, David valued the favor and the friendship and the loving kindness and the mercy of God more. All right? So, if, and you can, this writer goes on to say, if one of the other was to be sacrificed, he preferred that it should be his life. He would be willing to exchange his life for the favor of God. Life was not desirable. Life furnished no comfort no joys without the favor favor of God. You know, and now we live in America and in the West where we have so many blessings, we have access to so much uh, that we, we can tend to put more value on our life. But if you lived in Afghanistan or North Korea or you lived in David's day under great persecution being chased through the wilderness, uh, you would see that uh, though you want to live, because you fear death, or you don't want to be put to death prematurely, um, God's loving kindness and his favor and his friendship, communion with him, is far more valuable. One, one writer says, and I'll end here, he says, my life, shall, it's my life itself, without thy love, no taste of pleasure could afford. It would be a, 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 a tiresome burden crew if I were banished from the Lord. Let me read it again in, in the way it's written in the Old English. It says, My life itself, without thy love, no taste of pleasure could afford. T'would but a tiresome burden prove if I were banished from the Lord. And, and that's where we want to get to, where God, a relationship with God is more valuable than our own life and the things that we possess. By the way, if you say that you love God and you value him more than life itself, it's seen by your devotional life with him. Do you spend more time focusing on your life, like taking care of your body, taking care of your health, taking care of whatever, you fill in the blank of what's valuable to us, than you spend, um, you know, there's people, uh, Leo, for example, that will spend all the time taking care of themselves, but they don't take care of their relationship with God. They have no time to read his word. They have no time to pray. And they wonder why their soul is dried up in a wilderness. You know, the first two verses. David said that, um, I desire the Lord. I desire you more than anything. And so may the Lord give us all a greater desire for that. So praise God. Let me close our time in prayer. And uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, maybe later to this, um, you can join us uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's 7.45 a.m. Uh, if you go to doubleedgemusic.com and you look up Spiritual Caffeine, you'll find all the details on how to call in uh, and be a part of that uh, that daily devotional. Um, all right, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the richness, the, rich, the richness of your word and the riches of your glory and of your character. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that your loving kindness is better than life. Thus... Lord, our lips will praise you. Uh, we will bless you, and we will lift up our hands in your name. Help us to lift up our hands, Lord, and surrender to you. You said we are to submit ourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Teach us, Lord, how to walk in submission so that we have power and authority 
to resist the temptations of the world, to resist the power of the evil one, to resist, Lord, the, the influence around us, the things that seek to destroy our affections and our desires to walk with you. Lord, we thank you for the authority that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Thank you that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. Help us to walk in the truth, to walk in the spirit, to live in the spirit, and to do what is pleasing in your sight. Forgive us for all of our sins, all of our transgressions, all of our iniquities, and give us grace today to walk in a manner that would bring glory to you. As you say in your word, may we walk worthy of the calling that each of us have. Whatever state that we find ourselves in, help us to walk worthy of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.